Sean Morgan. It's great to be here, John. Thanks for thanks for the intro. And uh, you know, yesterday I got started talking about this whole concept of plausible deniability warfare, which is a form of of covert warfare that is becoming just the way warfare is nowadays. You know, it's just not the way it was back in World War II and everybody wore uniforms and they were dropping bombs and you knew who who was the enemy and and they were identifying themselves easily. Now it's a whole other game. And when you look at these headlines, there are a whole lot of coincidental accidents mm -hmm. and uh, people mm -hmm. just sweep them under the rug, but researchers try to, try to figure it all out. So I wanted to get into some real breaking news that happened yesterday, but just to give a little, um, a little bit more context here of what plausible deniability means. It just means that you can deny no really clear evidence to prove you were involved. And so um, a good example, let's just pull up the earthquakes just so happened to be destroying Iranian nuclear facilities. This is a headline from last year, uh, but this is not the only time it's happened. This is for regular uh, nuclear facilities, but there are a whole bunch of uh, underground nuclear facilities that were supposed to be secret that underground earthquakes destroyed in the past uh, year or so. So there's been this underground, literally underground war going on. And the funny thing about the, the subtitle to that headline is that it says the tandem earthquakes struck just two hours after the country launched missiles at two U.S. military bases. <laughs> So the context is just like a regular war where there's retaliation, and yet the retaliation happens to be something that was under the cover of, uh, of a natural disaster. And I also want to bring attention, let's look at on the screen how we've been having these cyber attacks in the U.S., uh, and, and we just blame them on these ambiguous hacker groups that are supposedly from Russia, but we have no real proof. And so we had the cyber attack uh, of the U.S. pipeline recently. And before that, let's look on the screen of the SolarWinds hack, which was the largest cyber attack ever in human history. Happened to the U.S. just recently in December. And they, they hacked into, uh, you know, Wall Street's top companies, government agencies, including the Treasury, the Justice and Commerce Departments. I mean, this is a big deal. And yet we just act like it was just another hack. No, this is not just another hack. This was an act of war. What do you think, uh, John? What are your thoughts on these these hacks? Do you think there's more than the uh, than what they were, were being told? Without question, and and I'm glad you're raising these these issues and connecting the dots and creating the narrative that the mainstream media doesn't touch with a ten foot pole. There are no coincidences. Um, so that's my response. So keep keep going. Well, let's look on the screen about that mysterious Beirut explosion. Uh, that was just, you know, looked like it looked like a nuclear bomb went off. I mean, it was unbelievable. The shock and awe, the uh, after effects of that, that explosion, just it just looked like it was war. And what did they say? They said it was just a bunch of firecrackers who were in a warehouse. And so, you know, I, I looked at uh, an analyst that I trust. Um, Thomas Wichter, who's a military analyst, and he, according to his analysis, which is still unproven, he thinks that there was a weapons depot, that there was rocket fuel from Iran, and that there were warheads from Iran. And we all know that Hama Hamas likes to hide out in Lebanon. So that's not so far out of, uh, of a guess there. 
And the next thing I want to show on the screen is this mysterious cargo ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal. And everyone just said it was a big accident. But something that just didn't make sense to me is the fact that the the route, the pattern that it went through in the supposed windstorm was it shaped perfectly male genitalia. So to me, that's to me that said that was a subliminal message that they were putting out there because likely that ship was not blown around in the wind. Likely it was not an accident. In fact, the navigation systems were probably hacked. And so I really wonder about that. The One of the largest cargo ships in the world is still quarantined in the Suez Canal. And I really wonder what were the real contents on that ship because it's being held for ransom by the government of Egypt. They're demanding billions of dollars before they release it. Yeah, we had Juan O'Savin on the on the, one moment, Sean. Sorry, I want to interject. We had Juan O'Savin on the show during that period of time. Of course, James Grunvig laced into it, uh, raising a lot of questions, uh, and a lot of other show hosts, alternative news, I might say, uh, have have uh, come up with uh, information, um, some not verifiable. In fact, a lot of it not. Some of it possibly. But the bottom line is something's going on with that ship. There is no question about it. And Juan Savin uh, weighed in on that subject as well. Very interesting. I wrote an article about it. I put it right here on American Media Periscope written word section. You can check that out. Um, and so let's get into some of the breaking news that happened yesterday. Three mysterious incidents affected the Iranian military yesterday. Let's take a look at the first one, how a the largest warship in the Iranian Navy sank because of a mysterious fire. So that was interesting. And while there were no reports of casualties, the sinking of this ship marks the latest naval disaster for Iran following a 2020 incident that occurred during an Iranian military training exercise. At that time, a missile mistakenly struck a naval vessel near the port, killing 19 and wounding 15. Before that, in 2018, a Navy destroyer sank in the Caspian Sea. So either they are just the most inept military in the entire world, which is a real possibility or else these accidents are being caused in this plausible, deniable, covert kind of warfare. And by the time I was done researching the first event of that ship sinking, uh, an oil refinery went up in flames in Iran. And so that was really interesting. Just a few hours later, just you know, critical infrastructure, one of the main ways that Iran makes money, um, it just went up in another mysterious fire. And then there was a technical issue and two Iranian fighter jet pilots were killed in the same day. So um, now that all these coincidences are happening, it does make you think, hey, maybe there's just a real war going on. You've got uh, those earthquakes that are destroying their nuclear facilities. You've got the all these accidents that are hurting their critical infrastructure and their military. So maybe you know, their enemies, which would be Israel primarily, uh, would be behind these types of attacks. Any thoughts, John? We had, yeah, we, as you know, yesterday we had Colonel Phil Waldron on the show uh, for the full hour covering cyber warfare and information warfare and all these critical subjects that's not touching on false flags. And, you know, I would encourage our viewers, if you missed yesterday's program, Go back and listen to the incredible information, incredible education and insights from an expert, uh, a decorated veteran, Phil Waldron, Colonel Phil Waldron. And then listen to this segment from 
uh, Sean Morgan and connect the dots because uh, I think the dots are well connected between those two segments. Absolutely. And, and, and I do agree with Colonel Phil Waldron that these mass shootings, not just in the United States, but around the world, a lot of the times they're not organic. They're actually people who are trained and perhaps psychologically manipulated to, to perform those, mm -hmm. those mass shooting events. And the last thing I want to show on the screen is how just this past week, the American food supply has been targeted with a ransomware attack. And so, uh, you know, as you can see, there is a war happening. It's the enemies of the United States, who knows exactly who they are, uh, but they're seeking to shut down our critical infrastructure. And you mm -hmm. can also see that apparent white hats have been taking down the Iranian critical infrastructure and warships and weapons depots and nuclear facilities. And, you know, the elephant in the room that I think uh, Mr. Grunvig is going to talk about later is that COVID-19 came from a level three biolab in China and they refused to let any investigators into the country to check it out. So it seems mm -hmm. like they wanna keep the conditions in place for plausible deniability to say, hey, it was just an accident, just let us go. But today, Donald Trump made an official announcement that he believes that China owes the United States $10 trillion due to this incident. And I believe that once he's back in power, they will pay up. And if they don't pay up, they'll have another price to pay. And perhaps, you know, just to go along with this narrative that we're talking about, their critical infrastructure would mysteriously come down, like maybe the Three Gorges Dam, you know, where there's been these underground quakes happening in that region as well. So, you know, when the mainstream media plays dumb or refuses to investigate something as obvious as the origin of COVID-19 or election fraud, they always throw up their hands and say, there's no way we could have known. There's no hard evidence. And that's why they won't touch evidence such as a Hunter Biden laptop with a 10-foot pole. You know, it ruins their not, conditions not for their war warfare operation. Not yeah, yet, not but yet. hey. I mean, they we see what's happening, Sean. The headlines today on Fauci, and we talked about Gates being, you know, they're all being unmasked and exposed. Uh, we're directing a lot of those talking points now because Fox would never put that stuff out on their own because it goes against the left's narrative, the deep state's narrative. So we have a degree of control uh, on the back end of this thing. And it's everything people like you and I and our guest, Kirsten, and, and James Grunvig and, and Alexander have been talking about for years um, is becoming uh, known. Uh, during this this situation. And, and the last thing I want to say is, you know, hey, folks, you know, all these uh, cyber attacks that are hitting the U.S., just blame it all on Russia and we're good to go. Russia, Russia, Russia. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> it's, it's just a scapegoat scenario that the left has been doing for a long time. And they've been wrong time and time again. I mean, with the impeachment hoax and the dossier and all the stuff that's been proven to be false, you'd think that people would start to wake up to the idea that, hey, maybe their scapegoat isn't the real enemy. And that's something that the uh, 17 drops have also talked about, the fact that uh, Russia is really a distraction from the real threat, which any military expert would tell you would be China, not Russia. So, um, you know, this is just an interesting mental model that people can use so that when they're reading the headlines, even from the mainstream media, and they hear about these accidents and these earthquakes and these different things that are happening around the world, they can use this plausible deniability mental model to try to make sense of it all.
Mm-hmm. Well, great stuff. Uh, interesting times. Uh, most of our viewers are very red-pilled and uh, aware of these things, and it's, it's, it's important and grounding for us to revisit what we perceive to be the disruptive, uncomfortable truths that the mainstream media won't touch on. And those that are just coming aboard, uh, you know, because we're figuring out that Fox News isn't what we thought it was and the CNN is completely fake propaganda. Um, a lot of the things you're hearing to, to our new guests, uh, new viewers, um, do your own homework. Uh, go into our resource center, which we're building uh, right now. And, uh, and you'll probably come to the same conclusions as my co-host, the other hosts are on our platform, and many of our guests. Sean, <coughs> excuse me, folks, I'm still battling um, the end of this uh, nightmare in my throat. Um, Sean, will you be able to stand by in the digital green room and join us at our uh, Bruce uh, Grunvig roundtable at the conclusion of today's show? Sounds good, John. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. We'll be right back with our featured guest, Kirsten W., Sean Morgan, and James Grunvig. There we all are. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Content-rich show with a panel of patriots. After all, we are America's patriot only, right? Super channel. And, um, well, anyway, why don't we go start with Sean Morgan? You uh, you kicked off the show. You've listened to a lot of content. Uh, how would you like to weigh in or or provide some commentary? Well, I think that was some really hard hitting stuff that the focus on Fauci and a lot of people were probably wondering the last couple of years, why on earth did Donald Trump keep Fauci up front and not fire him? Although he you know, publicly disagreed with him the entire time, he, he let him be the front of the show. And many people are wondering why, what's the strategy there? Is there a strategy? You know, a lot of people claim that Donald Trump does not have a long-term strategy, that he's just Nonsense. making it up as no. he goes along. And um, I think we've all been vindicated as citizen journalists uh, for asking the right questions about the origin of the, of the virus. And, um, and this really just shows that Donald Trump did have a strategy with Fauci. And this strategy hasn't unfolded completely, but I think the email drop uh, that's been very well timed the way Grunvig described uh, is just the beginning of his downfall. And it, like Navarro said, it could end up being that he's indicted. And so it does make you wonder about the vaccines because we've, we're all reporting on how the vaccines are dangerous. And Donald Trump is, you know, sending messages on social media every day, bragging about how he's, he's the one who's fast tracked the vaccines. So I believe and maybe we can put this up for discussion with the others. I believe that Donald Trump does have a similar strategy as he had with Fauci. Put the vaccine, big pharma up front, make them commit to this narrative that everything's safe and, and so forth, and then let them also have a similar fall as Fauci. What are your thoughts, guys? This is our war. James Grunvig, please weigh in. <clears throat> Uh, Seth, you're absolutely right on that. Uh, Trump is a master strategist and a long-term strategist. I completely agree. So Fauci, he used Fauci. John and I were talking about this last, last spring, 2020. We're talking about why does, why does Trump have Fauci, Burks, and Redfield on a stage every night with the, with the White House task force? Why? So the American people get to know who these criminals are. That's why. Now what's happening with the vaccines? Same exact scenario. Vaccines are going to fall excuse me, going to fall big time. And what we're discovering now is regular doctors who have never been part of the vaccine 
risk awareness group that I've been because I have a vaccine-injured autistic son. Oh, guess what? They're coming out now. They're no longer fear of pharma. And they're saying basically stop the vaccines because the spike proteins, as Dr. Judy Mikovits said, from the virus is a binary weapon with the spike proteins inside the vaccines. They're one and the same weapon and they're doing the same kind of damage, except the vaccines are even worse because they're being injected inside you. Yes. And, you know, the term, folks, drink the Kool-Aid, you know, that's where it comes from, from that clip that Alexandra, at least as far as I know, uh, that's about the origin of it. Um, James, what do you think of that clip that Alexandra ran? Well, I saw an amazing meme yesterday. On the top was Jim Jones. Hey, drink the Kool-Aid, right? Fauci, Fauci below him says, hold the beer. I mean, I loved it. Was well, Fauci going to drink the Kool-Aid? Because we've been trying to drink Fauci's Kool-Aid for a long time, and now it's now it's he that's exposed. Mm-hmm. Hey, to our producer, Sean's a good-looking man, but James was talking. There we go. All right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're live and we're loving it. Alexandra, any any feedback on what you've heard from Sean, James, uh, or, or Kirsten W. do you like to comment on or anything that's on your mind? Uh, well, I mean, about uh, Trump and the vaccine thing, I, I don't know. I, I can't claim to know what's going on, you know. And mm-hmm. for me, what I see, you know, when I see the people who have supported, who've been supporting Trump for years on Twitter, they're basically, you know, when he starts bragging about the vaccines or hyping the vaccines, they're just like, you're fired, you know. You know, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but people are people are dying. You should not be saying good things about the vaccine right now. I disagree with that. You, you know, uh, I would agree with you 100 percent on the surface, but we know President Trump. We know he's intelligent. We know he's for life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We know the arrows this man has taken for humanity. Uh, I don't think he's just a, just missed the vaccine story a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, it, it doesn't all make sense to me either. James and I have commented on this. People ask us all the time. Um, we've had other guests weigh in. Um, I think the full and complete answer to that question that puzzles everybody will come to light at the right time. All I can say is this is our war and there's casualties in war. And this is all going to this madness which we're trying to make sense of here on this show, is going to come to an end at some point. Uh, anyone can pick a topic. We've got about five, six, seven, eight more minutes. We can keep chatting away. I can stir up, stir the pot. we got a quiet group tonight. Well, I thought it was well, interesting that thing. I was... <laughs> Sorry, I'll just... I just want to mention repeat the fact... a lot of the Fauci stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I just wanted to mention that back in March, um, I started my YouTube channel um, basically as a reaction to the pandemic situation, and it got 3 million views and 60,000 subscribers, and people were really waking up, and I was asking all the logical journalistic questions that the mainstream media refused to do regarding this pandemic, and uh, Vice Media they reached out to me because they were looking to do a hit piece on QAnon and all the people who were reporting on it. And so they interviewed me, they recorded it. It was an hour long interview for a documentary they were doing. And basically I just 
recorded it and I posted it because they refused to take the footage of me going on the record and saying, hey, you guys aren't doing your job. You're not asking the right questions. This virus seems to be originated from that level four biolab in Wuhan. And I don't understand why no one's talking about it. Why aren't you talking about it, Vice Media? And so, of course, they didn't use that footage for their documentary. But now I have that saved and I can share that interview with a mainstream multi-million dollar journalism company. And I can take that video and I can share it with my family and my friends. I can say, hey, look, I was asking the question. And now that these emails have been released this week, I was the one vindicated. And Vice Media, that multi-million dollar corporation, has just been proven to be completely incompetent at the worst and uh, uh, at, at the best incompetent and at the worst, uh, you know, complicit. Mm-hmm. No, you One exposed of the most upsetting job. things has been to watch these people lie like that, you know, to have people like, I don't know if you know who Reason TV is, for example, it was a libertarian publication and YouTube channel that now just unabashedly does uh, CCP propaganda every every segment they do. And that's that's what's happened. <laughs> that's what's happened to our our mainstream media. It's all globalist propaganda, anti-American propaganda, anti-truth, pure propaganda. And that's been what's been so shocking and disturbing. Mm-hmm. Does everybody notice the the trend of recent, uh, the dialogue changing, particularly with General Flynn, from months back incrementally to his recent speeches in Dallas, um, we're upping the game the way I look at it. We're revealing more and more. We're getting our powerful patriots at the tip of the spear. Certainly Lynn Wood's at the front all the time, but I feel that that's, that's his mission, that's his calling, that's his role. But we, we see in recent talks with General Flynn and Sidney Powell, and Patrick Byrne, and Mike Lindell, and many others, when you listen to what they're saying, Mike Pompeo, Dan Scavino, President Trump, I mean, so um, yeah, I'll just throw the question out there to anybody on the panel. Uh, do you see what I see? That we're getting very, very close to um, hopefully getting standing in the courts on the, on the votes, uh, and then going to the Supreme Court and having the election decertified, uh, and uh, the duly elected winner, Trump, get, being inaugurated, or if the Supreme Court does what the Supreme Court always does, which is ignore the Constitution and the rule of law, not always, but oftentimes, uh, then there's another plan. Let, let's open up some discussion to close out our show on that subject. We'll go with Sean Morgan. Your views. Well, I think these audits could take some time. You know, I think, you know, the one in Arizona is only halfway through and uh, all these other ones that might be starting, uh, such as Pennsylvania and Georgia, they're, they're visiting Arizona on the ground and they're, they're looking at this as a model to re- replicate in their home states. And so this could take months and months to play out. Um, we've got plenty, just grab your popcorn, you know, for the next couple of months, because there's going to be plenty of stuff like these Fauci emails coming out every single week all summer. Uh, so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, will Trump even be back by the end of the year? I don't know. But uh, I just have faith it's going to be before the next major election. Excellent. 
We've got five minutes, folks. James, would you like to weigh in on, on the general subject that we've just approached? Yeah, we're not going to take the long road. Not not going to happen, in my opinion. Right? The uh, this, this could play out for years. That's a that's the whole I think idea behind the cabal and the Democrats is a stall, 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 interfere. Right? Continue the cover ups. We're not going to get there. And if you hear Trump's rhetoric in the last two weeks, destroying the United States, Biden camp, right? Destroying the United States is one real major point. And then talking about $10 trillion, right? What China owes the United States, right? He does his estimate, $10 trillion destruction of the United States through, through, through the virus alone. You're, we're not going to go. This is not going on for another six months. It's not going to happen, in my opinion. Something's going to break and crack. We might have a near-death experience. We might not. Don't know. But there's going to be a turning point. It's going to happen this summer. Excellent. Alexandra, care to weigh in on this? Well, the Chinese government uh, published a story, I think, two or three days ago. I saw it in Newsweek, that they're telling the people to prepare themselves for a nuclear war with the United States because of revelations about the COVID-19 virus. So, um, you know, I'm not inclined to believe that the Supreme Court is going to do anything different than they've been doing for years on end. But what sort of makes me think that I might be wrong is that uh, Patrick Byrne seems to think that they'll be forced to, to act. So I, I really have no idea. I can't be certain about that's just crazy. We, We've only had our hearts broken continuously. I don't really, I'm not going to say that Trump is going to be president by the end of the year. That's nuts. I'm not going to mm -hmm. say that. I, I agree with your concerns about the Supreme Court because look what they've done before, right? But I also agree with mm -hmm. Patrick Byrne because if you think it through a bit, uh, since the White Hats are in control behind the scenes in this war, control of certain aspects, it, it would could stand a reason that, you know, all the all the issues of particularly Justice Roberts and some others up there, we have all the goods on them, and perhaps a deal is being cut. You know, you better vote, you better you better cast a vote based on the Constitution and the law, and if you don't, uh, then, you know, if you are guilty of treason in a tribunal, you'll be executed, or maybe we'll just keep you alive for 30 years in a cell. Who knows, folks? Pure speculation. But this is our war. We're fighting it. I believe we're winning it, and we is we just need to stay the course and trust the plan. And I want to make an announcement as we close out the show now. Constitutional Attorney David Shostokas, Dave Shostokas, worked with Rudy uh, in Georgia on the theft. He's been on the show several times. Uh, we did the final production run today, and his show is being launched here on American Media Periscope, constitutionally speaking, with Dave Shostokas. Expect some powerful guests to come on and make sense of the madness as we're reaching this point on this very subject we're closing out the show on, we can't ask for a better guest than, than Dave Shostokas, a better show host, to start making sense of the, the constitutional aspect and the legality of what we're about to embark upon. And lastly, as I'm uh, told we got to close out right now, is very simply this. Juan O'Savin is coming back to visit with us. I don't have the date is booked. I just don't have it uh, in front of me. I'll make the announcement officially on Monday. It will be uh, in the beginning of July. So stay tuned. Juan O'Savin will be weighing in, and we're making calls to our, our American generals, uh, General McInerney, General Paul Vallely, and General Michael Flynn to come on back on the show. We're hoping to have Sidney Powell, Dave Shostokas, and General Flynn on a panel together to tackle these subjects as we get close to something that's 
never really happened in America. And, uh, and so it's going to be exciting. And uh, so that's it, folks. Uh, I want to thank Sean Morgan, the SeanMorganReport.com.